0: Good morning, everyone. It's good to see so many in church this morning. You're all very, very welcome. And to those of you who are looking in from home, thank you for joining us. You're also very, very welcome. I'm pleased this morning to welcome the Reverend Walter McCorkle to our pulpit. Reverend McCorkle is a member of Trinity Bangor, but he's also the Executive Director of One Mission Society. So he's come this morning to take Mark's place, because Mark is still on leave. Reverend McCorkle, you're very, very welcome. Thank you for joining us. And i like to let you know that Mark and Elaine have now tested negative for COVID, and Mark resumes his duties this week. It is with great sadness that I announce the death of Ronnie Burton. Ronnie passed away on the evening of Easter Day. As you know, Ronnie and Ella
1: are
0: r- regular attenders here in Ballycrochin, and Ronnie well known to all of us. So it's with great sadness that I make you aware this morning of his passing. Ronnie's funeral arrangements are on Wednesday, the 19th of April, his committal at Rose Lawn Crematorium at 12.40, and then there is a service of Thanksgiving here in church at 3 o'clock. You are all very, very welcome on both occasions. To Ella, Ronnie's wife, to Mark, his son, and his grandsons and their families, we extend our love and our sympathy. And I'll just add that if you haven't noticed, Ella and Mark are in church this morning, so thank you for coming to join us. And they've just been joined by Craig and Rachel and baby Noah. So as a family, thank you and we extend our love to you. And the final comment that I wish to make this morning is that the worship at prayer time planned for this evening has been cancelled. Those are the announcements for today. Reverend McCorkle, thank you for coming. I invite you to take our service.
2: Thank you very much, Billy. And can I offer my thanks to the congregation and to Mark for inviting me to lead your service here today. As you will have already noticed, there is no order of service. That means if I make a mistake or miss something out, you're not going to know. (laughs) But we need to come together. Thank you for those that are joining on live stream. You're very, very welcome. And of a few words from Scripture as we look at our call to worship. And it's the first three verses of Proverbs 16 which read as follows. To man belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. All a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed The theme for our service this morning is Our Saviour God, and you'll see how that intermingles with both the worship and the message as we go through our service this morning. But let's just commit our service to the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Loving and heavenly Father, as we come together, as we congregate, we seek your presence and your leading. May your heart's desire, Lord, direct and shape ours as we meet in fellowship. Help us, Lord, to leave behind the burdens of the week just past. Help us, Lord, through your grace and strength to learn from, submit to, and go forth in your word. As we minister together, may we meet afresh with you. Amen. Our first item of praise is titled, There is is a name I love to hear. Our first Bible reading, before maybe the boys and girls come to the front, is taken from Mark chapter 10, a familiar passage, I'm sure, to most of us, verses 13 to 16, and it's entitled, The Little Children and Jesus. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked him. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come unto me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. So if the boys and girls would like to come to the front, there's a few chairs sitting here, we'll meet together in a moment. <coughs> Do you want to come too? <laughs> That's fine, but maybe me asked you, there we come, oh, what a man, what a man. Now, we've had our reading. <coughs> lots has happened this week, lots is happening next month, and you may know the answer to these questions. But first of all, I want to know do any of you have a hero? Do any of you have a hero? Yes, darling? I'm, I'm daddy. Of, of course, your daddy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Of course, your dad, and I'm sure your dad is your hero too, isn't he? <coughs> wow. What about you guys? Your dad. Your dad, that's an easy answer. And your dad, that's an easy answer, and? Um, my mom. Oh, your mum. Oh. Well done. Hey. <laughs> in, in these days of equality, that's great. That's great. Well, listen, does anybody recognize this superhero you ready Superman. who
1: Superman.
2: that's right that's right i don't know how to do mr america but anyway <laughs> but tell me in terms of mr america who came to northern ireland this week joe biden, joe biden and he is the president of the United States and you don't get to meet him, you don't get to handshake with him, you don't get to do anything with him because he's got so many bodyguards and so many bulletproof cars. I'm sure though that he is a hero for many people. And another hero, something that's going to happen next month. The King's Coronation. Coronation. This is a great church. They know all the answers. So often you go to a church and it's, I'm not speaking to him, I don't know him. Well done, the king's coronation. And for all of us that are working, it's an extra day off, which is great. And again, King Charles, he's going to be somebody's superhero. Somebody's superhero. Would you want to know who my superhero is? And I'll give you three guesses. Let's guess. Who's my superhero? Your dad. Yes, my dad was my superhero when I was a wee bit younger. Another guess. Your mom. My mom, yes. (laughs) There's a bit of repetition going on here. Do you see it? (laughs) Well, actually, the clue was in the reading. Who do you think it was? The little children and? Jesus. Jesus, yes. Because he took the little children in his arms and he told everybody, don't you stop me. These children are important to me. So Jesus is my superhero. He can do anything for me that I need. He will keep me right. He will guide me. He will keep me safe. And I want Jesus, in years to come, to be your superhero. And it's not in the order of service. It's not in the script. But I'm going to pray for you guys. All right? Let's pray for the children. Let's close our eyes. Put our hands together. Lord, Heavenly Father, we commit these young lives at the front of the church, in the middle of the church, in the balcony, to you. May they grow up, Lord, safe, loving you as their hero, as their saviour, as the only one that they will turn to. Keep them, Lord, precious to you. Bless them, Lord, as the scriptures have told us. Bless them, Lord, today and keep them safe, we pray. Amen. You can all go back to your superheroes now. We now have an opportunity to once more raise praise unto God the Father as we sing blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And indeed, may God bless the children in their lives to come. We now have an opportunity to bring what we term the prayers of intercession before the Lord. There will be a time for each of you to pray quietly as I go through the points that I have for prayers of intercession. So please take time when the moment comes to bring your own petition to the Lord. Let's pray. Lord and Heavenly Father, for your faithful tenderness, we praise you. For your provision towards our needs, Lord, we thank you. In times of challenge, difficulty, and tension, you remain our strength. In times of sadness, loneliness, uncertainty, Lord, you are our comforter. As our living Father, you direct us and care for us, and we praise you for that. You provided a world for us to endure, enjoy, to care for, but yet its current state causes us, and I am sure you concern. Direct all those, Lord, in positions of influence to help us change the ways that we live, to care more for what you have given us, father as our almighty creator show us your ways and ensure we follow the path you have set out for us keep us true to you in an ever-growing secular world where sunday your day is fast becoming just another day of the week but we also want to pause lord and to pray for those this morning who are sorrowful or hurting we think especially of the family of mr ronnie burton his wife ella their son mark who are with us this morning and their grandsons be their comfort at this time of separation and loss as they prepare for the funeral be their strength as the full impact of his passing becomes a living reality for mr burton The waiting and the pain have passed. He has left this life having fought the good fight and gone into glory. May you, Lord, meet all their needs in this time of sadness, but help them to remember the good, happy times which are so important in helping us to heal. May the congregation rally to assist them at this time. Our prayers, Lord, also cause us come to your mercy seat as we lift the minister of this congregation to you. We ask for your continued healing as he prepares to return to engage with the church work. Thank you, Lord, for his witness in this congregation. And as we come to pause, we want to pray for all who are ill at this point in time in the congregation or dealing with the isolation of being in their own or the discomfort, may you provide to them the help through this situation. Let each of us now pray quietly for those known to us personally who are in need. Hear these prayers, Lord, we pray, and thank you for the opportunity to bring them before you. But we also want to take time, Lord, to pray into the issues affecting our world's stability. We think, Lord, of the war in the Ukraine, damaging lives, democracy, and the world's economy, the tensions, Lord, existing between China and Taiwan, bringing the possibility of destabilisation in the South Pacific. For the Sudan conflict, where more than 50 have been killed recently due to the infighting, Lord, we ask that in each of these situations, people would come to know and love you. For our own land, Lord, the UK, no active governance in Northern Ireland, numerous strikes the demands for salary increases especially at a time when education local government and our health service are suffering so much father we ask that you would breathe your breath of renewal of conviction to bring all people to you lastly personally i lift this congregation to you They're reaching out to to the community to respond to need. Father, I ask that that you would bless them for their endeavours. Bless them also, Lord, for their witness and faithfulness to those who need to hear within the community. Bring others, Lord, into the fold that your church would grow. And Lord, finally, we would ask that you would bless the rest of our time together. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We now have an opportunity to bring our offering to the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the opportunity to give back some of what you have given us. May, Lord, what we have given benefit the church work. May it help us to reach out to the communities, to answer need, to provide for those within the congregation, to help the church function week to week. So we ask your blessing upon it, Lord, as we give it freely to your work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our next item of praise, and we have an opportunity to stand and praise God once more, is Christ triumphant. Just before, and I mean just before the service, I was informed that the clock I'm looking at is slightly slow, so that gives me more time. (coughs) I'm glad you're laughing. Our scripture reading at this point in our service is Titus, Titus chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. It goes as follows. It's from Paul to Titus. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ for the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. A faith and knowledge resting on the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised from the beginning of time. And at his appointed season, he brought his word to light through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of God, our Saviour, to Titus, my true son, in our common faith. The title of the message this morning is Our Saviour God. But who was Titus? What was his purpose? What does this introduction mean to us today? One of the hardest questions to answer should you be asked is what does God have in store for me? Or maybe it's phrased like this, what does he want me to do? Where does he want me to go? How does he want me to serve? You may already have been asked that question recently or many years ago. Our reading this morning, short though it is, is packed with meaning, purpose, and indeed challenge. In the wake of the crucifixion of Christ, And Good Friday was just over a week ago. This was a time when believers were dispirited. They were loose. This lost church had lost its leader. The disciples had disbanded. There was dissension in the ranks, in that some were following the law, and some were following what they saw as Christ's teaching. The dissension had led to ambiguity, and tensions it generated animosity and disbelief. Yet here, the apostle Paul is promoting one of his disciples to a particular role in Christ's church. Paul is also in these short verses setting out God's desire and plan for us today others may see in us qualities that we can so often not see in ourselves, our own humility, our own trepidation. These hold us back and we don't, or perhaps we feel that we can't serve the Lord. In our studies this morning, I trust that you will have the renewed optimism, a new vigor to go forth with confidence for the Lord. Now, little is known about Titus. Let's just put that aspect to bed. Little is known about Titus, though his purpose to share the gospel truths is contained in the three chapters that bear his name. He was set aside by Paul to ensure religious procedures, the calling of church elders, were not only carried out, but that the office would be done by individuals who were right with the Lord. Titus is first introduced to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, when Paul says, I did not find my brother Titus there. Titus is believed to have been converted and mentored by Paul, so there's a close relationship between the two. Following his conversion, he is instrumental in reaching out to this church in Corinth. We do know that Titus joined Paul on his third missionary journey. That aside, We need to look at just what does Paul's introduction to the letter to Titus teach us today? How and why is it relevant? Looking at the four verses, is it perhaps easy to put the Scripture reading back up on the screen? Just as maybe that's happening, there are a few things that we can look at in the four verses Paul is saying in verse 1, he's a servant. He talks about faith leading to godliness. In verse 2, he talks about the hope of eternal life. He talks about God's promise. In verse 3, he goes on to talk about at the appointed season, he brought to light And lastly, in verse 4, he talks about in our common faith. Okay, you can dig it off now. Thank you so much. Firstly, Paul. He talks about being a servant. Paul was not only an apostle of Christ. Now, an apostle is someone who is appointed by Christ, and he met the risen Christ. You will be familiar with that event He was commissioned by Christ to go forth and to reach his people. Paul is telling Titus that he's not only commissioned by Christ as an apostle, but he was also a servant of God. The Greek translation of the word servant is a bit stronger than just the thought of someone who serves. It is the thought of someone who completely surrendered himself to the will of God, and to the authority of his master. For Paul, this again was God. This sense of slave, of service, was like the Old Testament understanding of slave beliefs. They were not only slaves in that day. They were to attend to their needs of their master, but also the term is a bond slave. They completely surrendered themselves to lovingly, sacrificially, do all they demanded with heartfelt zeal. It became a role of not only service, but a role with a burning desire to serve, to do all that they could and to do their best. It is in this context that we should first of all look at the introduction to the letter. Paul's passion was infectious. He wanted others, no matter what it took from him, to know more about the risen Christ. He was even, we might say, more than passionate. He was hurting intensely inside to ensure that he did all that Christ wanted him to do. Why do we not have evidence of that passion today? Is the state of our church a reflection of the apathy we're showing towards Christ's message? Can you imagine having possession, having your knowledge, your personal knowledge, something that is so life-changing that you would not want to tell your friends, let alone others that you would meet, What about the pride of parenthood? Getting engaged. You can remember those days when the passion was, I need to tell somebody about this. I'm going to be married. Or in my wife's case, I'm pregnant. You passed your driving test, All you want your dad's keys to the car to go out and go forward and have a good time. Passing your exams being accepted for your dream job. The list is endless. Think of the news that the scientists had a few years ago. We have found the answer to COVID. They shared that as soon as they knew. There was excitement in their voice. The news builds up in you, and you just need to speak about it, to share it, to tell somebody. This was the state Paul was in about the truth. Of the gospel and as such his excitement and urgency was to make christ known when we become encouraged think of a situation when you were last encouraged you become enthused you become motivated in the sense of being a born servant having that attitude to christ as paul did If we had that bond service attitude today, we would really get the church moving. There's no use waiting for others to do it. It starts with each of us. It starts here and it starts now. Our enthusiasm can enthuse other people. Imagine being in a good mood, being excited, being on fire with energy, Or simply when you laugh, the ladies just smile because I smiled. So I'm passing on my enthusiasm, my joy. You just want others to have the same as what you have. However, if you remain quiet, if you remain reserved, isolated, you cannot change the world for another. Now in verse 1 we read about Paul. His zeal was for the sake of the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth that is in accordance with godliness. There are two small points here I want to bring your attention to. First of all, he wanted to share what he had for the sake of the faith. In Hebrews 11, chapter Chapter 11, verse 1, we read, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. The faith that Paul had taught was in danger of being diluted, of being mingled with the religious traditions of the day. This would have meant the word would have lacked the purity that Christ intended The meaning of the gospel would not mean what it should. Those who had already come to know Christ's saving love may have been made to set aside their faith, to leave Christ behind and follow the traditional route, excuse the pun. They were being asked to comply with the teaching of the religious zealots. Therefore, Christ's death would have been meaningless Faith, however, is very much a personal thing. No one can do it for you. You can't buy it. You can't spend it. You can't share it. And importantly, you can lose it. A question, and I don't look for an answer, answer it for yourselves. Has your faith ever been tested? or shaken. I trust today in our message, any doubt will be cast to the side. If the answer is yes, please go home today knowing God loves you, regardless of what happened before, regardless of your personal circumstances, and he loves you for who you are, each and all of you. Regardless of our past, we need to simply ask God into our life you, and he will set you free. When we receive the blessing of faith in Christ, our world, our behaviors, our mood changes, and nothing will keep us from him or making him known. It is that faith that turned Paul into the born servant that he became. We knew he knew the people would be saved once they had this faith of which he speaks. Secondly, and in parallel, Paul says his pain in sharing the gospel is for the knowledge of truth. That is in accordance with godliness. The ultimate goal of spreading the gospel is that others will believe and be saved. That's why we're here this morning to see how we can reach out to people. Paul means here that he's sharing what he want, what he's wanting Titus to continue. He wants to ensure the truth as handed down to him leads to salvation. You could phrase it this way. Paul, in his eloquent way, is telling Titus, this is what you are to do for the sake of the gospel. For the salvation of those to whom you will speak and share of Christ's love, they're in danger of being led astray. Save them. Let them have faith in Christ. That being said, what does this mean? Having faith and being saved. Paul again goes on in verse 2 to elaborate on that. He talks about in the hope of eternal life promised by God. In verse 2, we've already reached the purpose of why Christ came and died. Whilst Paul goes on to confirm that God had foreordained this, that he had planned it before time, our salvation depends on us having faith, and our salvation leads to the hope of, in our lives. What a way to look at the purposes of God, our Savior. He wants us to have faith in him and the Christ that he sent. He wants us then to leave behind our previous way of living and look to the future. In so doing, God is offering eternal life to all who believe in him. Paul used the statement in the hope of eternal life. The hope that Paul is using here is not one of maybe, possibly, but one of confident expectation and anticipation. God is promising you this eternal life, but you first need to make the decision and to follow Christ. When we do, eternal life is something we will readily possess. When we know Christ and we serve him, when we tend to incur for the needs of others such that they might see the Lord in us, we are serving the Master. And that brings us back to the bond-servant status of Paul. Paul had a message at the right time to go forward and to preach the gospel. God's grace is a motivation for all good deeds. How seriously do you consider your beliefs about God in the overall scheme of life? The book of Titus, should you read it, reminds us that our beliefs about God impact every decision we make. Paul, as we approach the end of the introduction, brings three short issues to light in verse 3. Firstly, as a Christian, a Christ believer, we are to preach the word. That is what your minister does week by week as he leads the flock and responds to God's call on his life. It's what evangelists missionaries do day and daily when they reach out to the unreached or perhaps a better way to phrase it would be the not knowing secondly it is a treasure that paul has been entrusted with this passion to tell others the good news was given by christ a treasure to give others but it's not just a fleeting desire Paul is instead responding to God's call. No one will be successful in reaching the lost unless they've been called to do so. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean we're all going to be ministers or missionaries. It doesn't mean we're going to have to leave our hometown, our job, or anything like that. What about your work colleagues? What about your family? You have an opportunity to share the gospel with them. Remember my question at the start. What does God have in store for me? The last point from verse 3, it's very important, in that Paul uses the plural address by the command of God our Savior. Our God, the Lord of all, not just Paul's, not just Titus's, not for just the Corinthians, but our Saviour. It is for all of us. Where or what is your Saviour today? Are you letting God use you as he could? Perhaps we need to ask him, Lord, what can I do for you. And this plurality, this our togetherness continues in verse 4. Paul concludes his introduction by saying, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus, our Saviour. In summary, Paul reminds us by simply setting out his theological stall what it means to be a Christian, what it means to follow Christ. We should all be active, proactive, responsive servants, passionate to serve the Lord. Through our own personal faith in him, we will want to be earnestly reaching out to those not only in need, but to those who need to hear. In doing this, they will have the opportunity to hear about and accept God's ways and inherit the internal life we, as Christian believers, possess. Importantly, we do not do this alone. He is our, the plural, saviour. It is not just the job of your minister, or missionary, clerk, session, or elders, but the whole congregation. So, as I close, what is your position today? I asked the questions at the start of my address. What does God have in store for me? What does He want me to do? Where does He want me to go? How? Does he want me to serve him? We may not have provided the answers, but we've certainly covered the ground for each of us to think about how well am I doing what God wants? How can I improve as a believer to ensure that some of the lost might one day be in glory in eternal life with him? It may also be that you came here this morning worried, down, concerned, distracted. Go home encouraged. Go home enthused. Go home with renewed freedom, refocused. Go home knowing that God has a purpose in your life that no one else can fill. Paul was commissioning Titus to go and do just that. And you can read the rest of the story in the three chapters of the book. Perhaps today, you are searching for a purpose in life. Perhaps God is commissioning you or recommissioning you afresh for his purposes and his work. Let's pray. Lord Heavenly Father, for your message this morning, we give you thanks and praise. May our ears have been opened to receive and our hearts to be filled. Take us with this message, Lord, and help us to serve you better and more as your will designs. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks and praise. Amen. We now have an opportunity for our last item of praise. It's very much a heartwarming uh, piece of worship. It is Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Thanks once again for your invitation to come. And after the benediction, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to go to the door to shake hands with those that need to leave, and then I'm going to have a cup of coffee. (laughs) Let's maybe say, if we would, the benediction to each other. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen.